0: Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Good morning to you, Jonathan.
1: Black, well, great to be with you. Another fellow countryman from Ireland. Thank you for uh, inviting me to the programme.
0: Oh, so which part of Ireland are you from originally then?
1: Uh, port Is that OK?
0: Oh, yes, I don't port it down well, yes. I, I used to work for Cadbury Sweps and... Uh, uh, Portadown was one of the areas that i covered the, anyway that is an aside now, jonathan i mean i know that obviously you're you're very much involved with uh, helping people to to say goodbye to celebrate uh the life uh, of, of their loved ones and there's all sorts of challenges to be able to do that in these difficult times so, so how, what is the current situation and, and how can we get best prepared for what may happen what may come our way
1: Thanks, Blair. We talked last week together uh, about how we take a funeral in these difficult circumstances. We know that we're limited to about 10 people. That may or may not be changing, uh, but at the moment it's 10 people and they need to be social distanced. So we need to seize that and say, "Okay, I'm not in control of that. How can I celebrate, give thanks for the life of a person I've loved? So we've got that, that bit of the equation. A funeral, Ten people, intimate setting. How can we make that work well? And indeed, what other opportunities are there to celebrate, give thanks, commend someone to God? Well, my friends in the Jewish community have been hosting receptions online using Zoom. So maybe after the funeral, at say the crematorium or a church if it's open with ten people, we can do just that. We can pray, we can share memories, let someone talk about us using IT. So that could be the same day or the next day or the following week. We can then organize a memorial service. Let's take my dear wife, for example. If she dies before me, I really hope not. I love her dearly. I would go to the Branksome Dean community rooms in three months' time, a place she loved, and there we'd have an act of worship. We'd have all her friends down there. They could swim in the sea. they could have a barbecue. They could share stories together. So you can see already we're extending the time when we grieve. Rather than to push it into one day, we can look ahead and organize different events with different people. And then there might be an occasion where we have an interment, where the ashes are interred in the ground. And that could be an intimate family setting six months down the line, perhaps on her birthday. And then you've made this wonderful offer through Hope FM to create a podcast for anyone who dies uh, who would like to do so. Pick up some tracks that were important to them. Perhaps a few words about the person. So suddenly, instead of saying, I can't do this, as Christians, we lead the way. Full of hope, we say, actually, we can grieve well over six months. There are a lot of different devices that we can use to help us say goodbye a funeral, a reception online, a memorial service, an interment, and wonderfully, Hope FM reaching out across the world. Now, I think that's a positive tough, though, in today's circumstances.
0: Well, it is, and one of the things that speaks to me about, Jonathan, is actually preparing. I mean, obviously, sometimes death comes very suddenly and unexpectedly, and, of course, we're seeing a lot of that with this COVID-19 challenge other times uh we're a little bit more prepared because the person that we love maybe has been ill for some time or maybe it's you know they're they're drawing to that twilight years uh, of their lives but it, what, what it seems to me from what you're saying is that that planning in a in a positive way to give yourself time to both both grieve the loss but also to celebrate the life that that that's what's coming across to me by what by what you're you're saying I,
1: i'm glad that, that you, you hear that because that is what I'm, I'm trying to say. And there are other bits and pieces we need to put in place. Of course, a will, powers of attorney. So if we can't speak for ourselves, someone else we trust can. A living will. So if we're ill, we've communicated to medics exactly our perspective on life and hope. And I just want to touch uh, at your invitation on, on how we create that initial funeral service so that we are ready. Because when you do that, you take pressure Off your family. It becomes a selfless act. Uh, So thinking now about that and taking some time to write down our hopes can really help people. Very simply put, if if someone creates a funeral service for me and they call me Jonathan, most of my friends know me as Jonathan, but most of my family know me as John. Some of my family know me as Dad. And if I'm ever a granddad, they may know me as Gramps. So kind of writing that down. So when your family pick up the pieces, look at this side of A4 that I've written down. They get some help. They remember that. My work colleagues call me by a different name for the name they call me by. Writing that down is critical. And then, for example, when I organized my dad's service, I began to explore his early years. I didn't know much about it. He told me about when he does the Charleston. And I thought, Well, that was really important to him. He met my mum in Portadown. Uh, They used to dance that dance together. Mm And I kind of said, this is the right way to begin your service, isn't it, Dad? Uh, And then we wrote that down. Uh, And then we talked about the ending of the service. Uh, And this may be uh, not for all of us, but he was a military man all of his life. His regimental march was Colonel Bogie, which is a little bit risque. Uh, And we wrote that down too. Uh, And then... We talked about hymns. He loved the day thou gavest, Lord, is ended. Sense of hope there. A sense of um, a a life well lived in Christ's presence. And we also uh, looked at the Lord and Father of mankind. And again, he chose that because for him, it was part of his generational experience, seeing that hymn. And he had a sense, having been in the military, of taking tough decisions and wanting to know God's forgiveness. So... We chose that and we wrote it down. So I would say to people, begin to write these things down now. I came across a really lovely Merchant Seafarer, and, and um, fortunately I met him before he died, and he was 94, five, six. He'd gone to train for the Merchant Navy when he was 14, and every day of his service with the Merchant Navy, he read an extract from Pepys' diary. Now, kind of, Pepys is not my thing, mm. but we went through Pepys together, and there was a passage about death and hope and life eternal. And that's the passage we chose to include in his funeral service. Clearly, it was so appropriate for him. It spoke of him. Um, I met an actress once, and uh, she was a, a really kind, gentle soul. But shoes were her thing. So we put a pair of shoes um, uh, just alongside the coffin just as a visual sign, that this was the lady that people knew. So I would suggest going through a series of questions that we give to people that help them make those decisions. And I'll send you that list, Blair, and perhaps you'll be kind enough to pop it on the, the website. And hopefully, if it'll help people at a time like this where we're constricted as to what we can do, just to think about that. Uh, and I would say that there are three... Uh, different people we need to consider in constructing a funeral service for a christian paramount of course is god how can the service honor god then as the individual you, you know it's got to be true about blair or jonathan you know <laughs> yeah. if jonathan's a grumpy old soul now and again we have to say that in a nice way mm. um, uh, and um, of course he's got good qualities too we hope uh, and then there's um, those others who are there there are people who can follow this service by a webcast or be there for the 10 people, be present at the time. And what's important for them? What are their memories? And how can we help them grieve? And then who's going to be involved? Now, it needs to be the right person. It doesn't necessarily need to be the person you would expect it to be. I went to a service a few months ago, and it was a Christian service, and someone I didn't know, got up, rather than the minister, and spoke about this person and read a letter of hope. And that was the right person for that moment in time. So I always say to people, get this done now. It's good to do it. It's selfless. And it can be really therapeutic to think through your life and say, what do I want to say thank you for? Who do I want to lead the prayers? And also, as you do that, incidentally, and, and it's a side thing, There may be people you want to ring and just say, look, mate, I did get this wrong 10 years ago. Or actually, I want to speak to you and just say how much I've appreciated you. So that's the sort of area I just want to explore with people on your programme, uh, mm. your listeners, our listeners uh, this morning, Blair, mm. if that's OK.
0: Absolutely, Jonathan. I will certainly t- uh, take that list uh, that um, you're going to send me over and I will put it. make sure that it goes on the Hope FM website.
1: You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop. Serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk.
0: And time to go back uh, to uh, Jonathan Martin. Hello, Jonathan
1: Black. Great to be with you. Thank yeah. you so much.
0: Now we wanted to, to say a, a word or two about heaven, because obviously, I mean, it is hard no matter what the circumstances are to to say goodbye. And anybody who's who's gone through the whole experience of, of death and and attending or planning funerals, you know, everybody will know that it can be a difficult and very a very sad time. But of course, for for Christians, there is that sure. And certain hope to eternal life. I guess, of course, that it I mean, not, not everybody that you will work with will necessarily have Christian belief. So I guess you have to be sensitive, sensitive to that. But in terms of those who have belief, I guess that heaven is a great comfort to them.
1: Claire, I work with death and bereavement trauma every day, as does Steve. Um, and, and we need to focus on the hope. I need to focus on the hope that is mine. And you've been working at Hope FM all morning, five or six hours. We need that sense of encouragement. So I just want to draw from Scripture for all of us today and remind us of that hope uh, that is ours. So Jesus, uh, in John fourteen one to 3, we hear that Jesus is in heaven, having been on earth, preparing a place for us to live. And in heaven, those saved by God will have new bodies without the curse of sin. That's truth an absolute we can hold on to uh, today. And God will be in heaven and promises to continue to be our friend, but in in a new way that we've yet to experience, to look forward to. He wants to dwell with us and wipe away our tears. That's a real message of hope. And often if I'm involved with service personnel, whether they knew Christ or not, if they're veterans, I'll often use this reading from the Bible. Then I saw a new heaven, and a new earth. You may say, why? Because I know that in their own way, they have often fought to create a better world, confronting evil. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I know this has eschatological meaning too, but it also speaks of the hope that is ours. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now amongst his people. He will dwell with them. God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. The old order of things has passed away. One of the reasons I value uh, the way that I encourage people to respond to death. is because it recognises grief is not immediate. It lasts over a period of time. In the good old days, when you and I were born, Blair, we would see people walking around the streets of Northern Ireland wearing a black armband, and we knew they were frail. They needed encouragement. We don't see that today. We're expected too often to emerge from the crematorium and return to normal. We know that's not how it is. Eternal life is nothing else but sympathy with Christ. Becoming like Christ in spirit and temper. To have the life that dwells in Him. Our soul is transformed. We know about heaven. Okay, you're going to speak. I'm getting carried away now. This is becoming a sermon, isn't it? And I, I shouldn't do that, should I? But, no, no,
0: no. no it's, pe- it's, all, it's, all, it's all good stuff, Jonathan. What I was going to ask you was, have you ever had the experience of talking to anybody who's been to heaven and come back again to tell the tale?
1: Not personally. I have read about such people. I've had a moment myself when I was a bit younger than I am now, maybe about 40 years maybe a year, year and a half after I was converted, when I was praying, and there was a sense of being, I wouldn't say lifted in, into heaven, but I would say a, an awesome experience of God's presence mm. in, in my life. And I expect on, on on Hope FM, you've interviewed people, haven't you, Blair, who've had that extraordinary I have, experience. I,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I've... I've... I've actually had several experiences of, of interviewing people who who have, who have had that experience. One of the, the 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 ones that comes to mind is is Fiona Castle, and uh, she talked oh, to me. Oh yeah. She talked to me about about Roy, and uh, she said that yeah. Roy was a very keen gardener. He loved the garden, as indeed does uh, does Fiona. But uh, just right. just moments before uh, Roy passed over, um, uh, Fiona was with him, and uh, and and Roy she she sensed a presence within the room. Didn't see anything, just sensed a presence. And uh, Roy looked at her and with a smile on his face, he says, "If I was you, I said I wouldn't hang about uh, because you you <laughs> want you want to see this garden. You know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, <laughs> and uh, well, in his." Enthusiastic way that only Roy Castle could have been. He then told the story, you know, of, of what he was actually seeing, and with that he he, he passed uh, into heaven, you know. And uh, but I, but I have interviewed other people, and the interesting thing is that they they all talk about similar things. They talk about gardens and vivid colours. They talk about 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 wonderful music and so on. The interesting thing is that that none of them ever talk about seeing the face of jesus they they experiencing uh they experienced meeting jesus and the way that they described it to me uh was it was like pure liquid love um and and again one of the one of the other stories that comes to mind is what i call as the jellyfish man you know it's a very famous story where a chap was uh, was uh, in the water and he got stung by jellyfish he wasn't a christian but his mother was, and in the in the ambulance, uh, <clears throat> as in his final moments, he saw in neon words uh, the Lord's Prayer, and he prayed the prayer, and with that went into the presence of the Lord, and uh, uh, and in, and in fact, um, he met he met Jesus, and Jesus said, "Well, you know, um, do you want to stay?" <laughs> how do you want to go back when he looked uh, uh, he, there was a tunnel and he said he looked at, down this tunnel and right at the at the end of the tunnel was his mom on her knees praying and he said no he said I he said I really want to stay but actually I need to go back uh because my mother will never know uh that uh, that uh, I did respond uh, to that Lord's Prayer, I did respond to inviting God into my life, and of course, He then came back and, and has now travels the world, uh, telling telling His story, and has seen many many people uh, come to faith because of that story. So, Jonathan, that's a treat. Maybe you have in store for you. You know, maybe maybe God will send somebody your way. You know, be able to give you firsthand experience of uh, of, of of what heaven
1: is like. Blair, well, that's a glorious uh, uh, recounting. Daniel and Berta Castle, Roy's son and, and daughter-in-law, uh, was in our congregation at the Good Shepherd Rossmore uh, many, many years ago now, and, and they're a precious family. Thank you for accounting that story. And of course, to talk about gardens, um, you're going to have Alistair on next. I was privileged to found Faithwork maybe 15 years ago now, and he too likes his gardening as I do, so that's... That physical description of heaven is more powerful than anything I could offer, uh, and the sense of garden as a place of beauty and, and music, and perhaps by God's grace, I, I'm sort of tone deaf really, I was told not to sing at school, perhaps <laughs> I'll be able to hear that glorious music and be able to sing in tune uh, alongside you in my new body, alongside you in your new body. So Blair, thank you so much for, for uh, offering us that illustration, that those true Um, testimonies of how people have experienced heaven
0: and thank you so much for being my guest and a big thank you to Steve uh, as well for more inspirational interviews podcasts and Hope FM best bits visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again